This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. I had a conversation with a friend recently, and it was a little bit like deja vu. I feel like I've had this conversation multiple times. And it's with parents that have, that have kids that are in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. And when you start to have the conversation, you start to share the ages of your, of your kids, and uh, mine fall into the, same, into the same categories, invariably a number of parents kind of say the same thing. And, and the gentleman that I was talking to this past weekend said the exact same thing that I've heard before. He said, are your kids still at home? And it's such a strange question because it never used to be that way. And people in their mid-20s or late-20s uh, or early 30s, they weren't at home anymore. But the story always seems to be the same. Well, you know what? The interest rates are really high. They can't afford to buy a house, they're trying to save up their money, uh, they're in between jobs, they haven't quite decided what it is they're exactly going to do. And of course, as they discuss it, they always use the same term, which is they're still at home. And if you're a parent that was maybe not looking forward to when it started, but eventually being somewhat empty nested with all the, the financial benefits of that, uh, it's it's it changes your world and and all the parents were like hey listen we we want to help we love to help but they're still at home anyway I thought that was kind of a really creative term so I decided to name podcast ninety one still at home welcome to this podcast and today we're going to talk about the fact that that in most instances your front line and most likely your supervisors are still at home maybe you've embraced hybrid. Perhaps you're 100% at home now, or maybe everybody's back in the office, but, but I doubt it because the reality is most reps in the front line are still at home. And when we talk about folks being at home, I seem to be hearing the same things over and over again. Maybe you can relate to these, uh, maybe you can't, but we're still hearing that the number one requirement for people that want to get hired is that they want to work out of their house. And it seems to be the vast majority want to work out of their house. But the second thing that seems to be a trend is, is that even though it's the number one requirement, I want to work at home, they seem to be less happy than they were before. And they don't seem to be as happy, and turnover is the same or actually a little bit higher. And in many instances, the, the, tournament is, the, the turnover is very high. And then the other thing that we hear over and over again is that their folks are trying to get them back in the office, that they're, they're looking for ways and, and concepts and 
strategies to get folks to come back in the office, at least in a little bit of a hybrid term. And then we've got some that have just completely resigned to the fact that it's going to be that way forever. Well, wherever you fit in this category, whether you're someone that is really struggling with turnover or your folks want to be home, but they don't seem to be as happy, um, I thought I'd walk through some ideas and thoughts for you. And, and this is midstream, right? We, we, we already have the experience. You have the experience. Uh, you've already implemented strategies and plans that are in place. Hopefully they're working. If they're not, maybe some of the things that I say will, will help out. And, uh, and as always, we'll learn together. So here are some ideas and thoughts about still at home. First up is, is that I think that like everything that's ever happened in the contact center, you need to look at this as a season. It's a season for you and it's a season for them. Maybe it will last forever, but rarely does anything in a contact center last forever. It, it's always a season. Things always seem to change. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you shouldn't change or 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 adjust, or you shouldn't implement strategies that you plan to have for a really long time. It just means that, that things do change, but your goal hasn't changed. You're still looking for high performance, high loyalty, high job and career satisfaction. Whether these employers are gonna be with you for 30 years or 30 months, or let's hope not, 30 days. They're your employees, or even if, they're, even if you're working with a BPO or you are a BPO, you still want high performance, high loyalty, high job, and career satisfaction. That hasn't changed, whether they're in their house or whether they're in your office or whether they're a little bit of both and whether you have a mad desire to get them all back completely. It's a season, and you need to be able to strategize and implement and focus on the particular season that you're in and still obtain the goals that you're looking for. So let's take a look at some of the different components and see, see where you are with it. So first up certainly would be onboarding. Uh, onboarding of remote folks is much different than onboarding uh, people that are in your building. But I will tell you right out of the gates that I think the single best advice that I've heard, single best best practice that I've heard, is doing your training in-house, 90 days in the building. It gives them an opportunity to connect. It gives them an opportunity to learn. It gives them an opportunity to be physically coached right over their shoulder. It allows them to connect to the company, to the culture. It gets them a feel for being in the building and it prepares them best to go out and be successful. I don't know whether you can do that or not. If you're already employing that and it's working for you, I would love to know that. Please reach out and let me know. But I've heard that over and over again as a best practice, 90 days in-house, and then you send them then you send them back out to their to their home but if they're if they're not able to do in house and you're doing all of it virtual what are the tools that you're using to do that because it's got to be a much different training environment it's one that's probably going to take a little bit longer it needs to have a lot more rest involved it needs to have a lot more connection but it also gives you an opportunity to be more purposeful about your culture and about relationships and about connection and about finding different ways to engage them and learn more about them and learn learn with them so that you can you can begin to be this relationship that you're going to have remotely. It also means that your that your your their manager, whoever they're going to be connected to, should come into the picture much much earlier in onboarding. We actually have a, a LMS platform that does onboarding through nesting. Uh, through first days on the floor and, and out onto the floor 
forever every day in the in the contact center and and in a remote environment training should never stop training and coaching should never stop and so it, it's not something that you that you can ever stop especially when they're out in the field because sometimes the training and coaching that you're doing when they're when they're working out of their home is just as much to connect them just as much to bring them into your organization just as much to to educate them on their company educate them on their place within your company or educate them on how this season for them whatever the length of time it is is going to give them an opportunity to get better and the only way that you can do that is with consistent coaching consistent teaching and of course consistent training we're also big believers in burst training which is kind of that hybrid between coaching and training which is very short bursts of training on a multiple varied amount of sub subjects with constant quizzing over and over and over again so that they're constantly expanding, they're constantly growing, they're constantly getting better. Next up is just a discussion of just the culture in general. And whether you've got a hybrid culture or a remote culture or you've got one that's in-house, what, whatever you may have, right, the, the, the culture needs to be one that that is working for you, that's a competitive advantage for you, that, that allows you to use your culture to be successful. If your culture is not a competitive advantage for you, if it's not something that's helping you to retain people and but also to encourage people and direct people to be really, really good at their jobs, which means that, that people that come into your culture can flourish and be successful and enjoy their work and connect to you and connect to the company and connect to their customers and connect to their peers, then you don't have a culture that, that, that's working for you, which means that, that you probably need to change your culture. And it's okay to build a new culture. It's okay to have a culture that's constantly evolving and changing. It has to change. Your culture, your culture has to change. And if they're remote, if, if they're remote, you, you still have to connect. You still have to reattach. You still have to have career growth. You still have to have executive time. It's almost like when, when, when your kids are away, you know, to college or whatever it is, they're still your kids. You still want to stay connected to them. It just requires you to be more purposeful about it. it requires more effort. I did a podcast, a podcast 43, that talked about some new culture attributes in, in, in today's world. And I did it about a year ago. And, and I want to update a little bit. I would encourage you to go listen to podcast 43. But I think there's some attributes of culture with remote workers. And you'll probably hear this from me in a podcast going forward. I think some attributes of a culture with remote workers has to be crazy communication. Just a crazy amount of communication. Over-communicate to the extent where it just seems nuts. And, and, and that's all forms of communication. Uh, if we wanted to use an industry term, an omni-channel of communication. All the different ways that you can communicate with them. Obviously, that's on the phone. Video. Uh, whether that's Teams or some sort of chat, whether that's physical, uh, physical delivery of communication with them, where you're sending stuff to their house, whether it be mail or whether it be some sort of a, whether it be some sort of a gift. Uh, obviously, communicating them with at a, at a different location. Anything that you can do that will will create that that type of of over communication uh, that you may have. So crazy communication. The second one is, I think that a culture has to be one that we that we pursue our employees. Pursuit of an employee is, is something different than just connecting with them because it, it means you're purposeful about, about pursuing them. And when we pursue an employee, not only is that extra time with them, but it's pursuits of all different areas of the employee. 
you know, we, we, we pursue a better understanding of where they're trying to go with their career. We pursue spending more time with them on education. We pursue making sure that they're connected to other employees. We pursue our relationship with them to make sure that we are connecting with them on a personal level, on a business level, and that we can relate to them and find areas that we have in common. We also pursue with them, without a shadow of a doubt, their success, which means that we spend a little extra attention working with them on helping them to be intentional about being successful, intentional about getting educated on the areas that they need to be educated on so that they can achieve the goals that they have. And if they're successful in your organization and they're connected to you, they'll probably stick around a little bit longer. Third up is that I think we need to really embrace ownership as a culture. The moment somebody leaves your building and you can't watch them and they know they're not being watched, we really have to embrace ownership and communicate ownership. You know, a sign of character is what you do when no one is looking. And for the most part, when people work at home, no one is looking. And yes, I know you've got QM and all the other things. Maybe you're watching their screens, but no one is looking. It's a different character. So making sure that, that you've got a culture that embraces their ownership, embraces their ownership of their performance, of, of their ownership of their communication to you, their ownership of them letting you know when they're doing things well or not doing things when they've got a question. Their ownership of sharing with you where they are is really, really important. And I think a, a, a characteristic of a, and an attribute of a remote culture. And then finally, I think there needs to be a culture of off the phone time, which, which changes completely. Uh, you need to be more connected with these folks. And we all know that off the phone time, whether they get to do some sort of a project is always helpful with them, but, but more connected in the office, coming into the office, potlucks, regional happy hours, anything that you can do to be more connected uh, off the phone time is something that you're going to have to build into the program. You know, don't ever lose sight of the fact that, that a contact center is a math problem, right? Math problem means we say, well, boy, we just, we just can't afford to take them off the phone anymore. Yes, you can. You can afford to take them off the phone. You can see what the what, what, what that impact will be. Your workforce management can do it. If they can't do it, call me. I'll be happy to show you how you can do it. But adding more time to coaching, adding more time to getting them off the phone so they can get more connected, all these things will help you in the long run because it will reduce turnover and it will improve performance. And it doesn't require a lot of improvement in performance based on the size of your center to get the kind of returns you need to have the kind of culture and success that you want. Next up is they have to be more connected to your peers, to the company, to their performance, and obviously to you as well. And the only way you can get more connected to them is you have to know who they are. Do you really know them? Do you really know your employees? Do you know what they need? Not, what, not just what they say they need, but what they actually need. And the best way to do that is just simply to ask them over and over and over again, anything I can do for you? What do you need? How can I help? I know you're struggling in this area. What can I do to help you better understand this particular area? Knowing how well they're connected to their peers, seeing whether they're, you know, we measure, uh, we measure voluntary, uh, voluntary connection, voluntary effort, uh, any sort of effort that, that they make on their own as opposed to something we force them into. We measure that discretionary effort because that lets us know whether someone 
is, is someone that's engaged, someone that's trying to get things done. Let me give you a, a really simple way to measure discretionary effort and learn a little bit about the character of your employees right in onboarding. Right in onboarding. Send somebody a quiz. If they get it right, say, hey, you know what? You got it right. Would you like to try a harder one? Really simple, simple thing to do, but it's going to tell you whether this employee is someone that wants to learn and wants to get better. If they say no, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not, they're not going to stick around with you, they're not going to be successful, but it tells you a little bit about them. If they say yes, well, then now I know this is somebody who's, who's interested in getting better. Well, maybe I might want to speed up their education. In the same breath, if I send somebody a question and I tell them that they got it, they got it wrong, and I say, would you like to know if it's right? Obviously, you need to tell them that it's right, and you normally provide them the answer to the question, but it's a way to see whether they really are interested in knowing what the answer is. It's a small example of looking for discretionary effort. And that discretionary effort uh, and understanding an employee and understanding what motivates them, understanding what drives them, understanding what you can use to help them be better for themselves, which of course makes them better for you, can only come if you're connected to them. Uh, we need better leader skills. Uh, it's the one single thing that I see across the board that we are just really missing in the contact center, and that is leaders need to ramp up their skills quickly. If you're going to have remote folks that are, that are still at home, you need to ramp up their skills and their teaching and their engagement and measurement of their engagement and give them coaching tools that will help them to be successful. Are your coaches, are your supervisors, your frontline team leads, are they the kind of people that you want to have, that you would want to lead you? I mean, I, I ask you a more direct question. Are you the kind of person that, that, that people would want to be led by you? Because you're supposed to be one of the people that's actually modeling them. So if you don't have supervisors and team leads and, and managers that are the kind of people that people would want to be coached by, that's probably because they don't have the skills and tools or the motivation or the intentionality or the, the target and the goals or the compensation or the recognition or a whole host of other reasons why they're not being successful. You will never be successful with remote employees if you don't have spectacular killer coaches. And I did an entire pod podcast on uh, uh, superpowers in the contact centers, which you can listen to, which talk about coaching and how you can figure out whether you've got the kind of coaches that you need to be successful and have the kind of coaching skills and talents that you need to be successful. And, and with, the, with the leadership skills that need to be ramped up, you just need to be doing more coaching. I promise you, you need more encouragement, more teaching, more connecting, more Starbucks. You're not spending enough time. Again, if you don't know how to justify it, contact center is a math problem. You can figure it out. Are your front, is your front line still at home? Are your supervisors still at home? Are you still at home? Are you happy about the results? Are you getting everything out of it that you can? You know, getting a promotion, getting a raise, getting a different job opportunity, getting recognized, isn't about surviving, it's about thriving. It's about making a difference in your center in an area where somebody notices, particularly your boss or their boss or their boss's boss, or maybe all of your customers, and you see the results, you see people notice it because they notice it in your performance. That's the way you improve, that's the way you get better. If you want to start, stop surviving and start to thrive, be someone who, who takes action and makes a difference, makes a wave. I tell you, each and every week, you can be a successful leader. It just requires a lot of hard work. It requires focus. 
and it requires a mentor. It usually requires somebody to come alongside and help you get better. And if you're really good, you should be helping other people as well. And you don't have to be good at everything. You just have to be good at something where you can turn around and help somebody else. If your employees are still at home, remember this is a season. I don't know how long it's going to last, but, it, but, it, but it's always a season. Things change, but take action now anyway. Is your onboarding any different? It should be. Whether you've got a remote culture or a hybrid culture, whatever you're doing, beware of the fact that there are attributes of culture that you need to have that are unique and different in a remote environment. You must stay connected with talented leaders who know how to coach and know how to coach frequently. It's been great to talk to you this week. It is sunny where I am in Texas. I hope it is sunny where you are as well. Look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.